So at this time, we're blessed to have our first message brought to us by David Hope, entitled, Are Pigs Now Edible as Our Horses, Dogs, Cats, Elephants, and Skunks? Thank you, Mr. Steele, and good afternoon, everyone, and, and a big thanks to our praise and worship team. Did they sound good today? Yeah, really good. I appreciate that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, if you're in this part of Oklahoma, or if you've been here any length of time, you'll appreciate what we've had this August, the weather-wise. We have normally this time of, of the year, we're normally still waiting. Oh, well, give me the first week or so of September, and we'll get below that 100 mark. You know, we have had an excellent uh, August this year. I'm really appreciating it. We're Summer's back now, full-fledged, but... Uh, Anyway, but thankfully, this message is not designed to be antagonistic to people, or, and I hope I don't bring it out into a, a hateful way, because there are people that, that, that really absolutely don't know. They've, some of them have grown up in churches all their life, and all they're doing is reading the scriptures and perceiving it like they've been taught for the years. But uh, there, once in a while, there's some that, you know, I think are totally out of context, and uh, anyway, have you ever had someone to ask you or even imply, why do you observe those dietary laws of the Bible? You know, some of us, a lot of us have. Especially not eating pork, you know, and some types of seafoods considered unclean meat. You know, have you ever been asked that? You know, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know, a lot of us have. And, and uh, we even have relatives, you know, that that uh, know the truth, and uh, they still go ahead. They're they're just as dedicated as anyone else about life, but uh, they don't go along with that. And uh, uh, but they do. Most of them, at least, uh, respect our point of view on it, and, and they'll fix special things for us, and we we appreciate that. And I don't mean to be critical to anybody, but there are some things. There are some New Testament scriptures that they use, or anyway, they're New Testament scriptures, their reason for eating anything and don't eat them first. You know, they, they say, well, this, this is why we can do that. And there's, I'm going to pick out just a few of them today. And uh, I use my stopwatch there a little bit at the house just to kind of see how things are going. It went pretty fast. <laughs> you know, it didn't take long, so... And I was telling the people over in the sound booth when I give them my scriptures, and they'll, they'll be up here on the wall and back there too. And I told them, you know, it may not go too long. And, and they said, well, nobody's going to get mad at you for going short. Nobody gets mad for a short message. So, but anyway, but I've got some, got some fillers I could fill in, but I probably won't. Anyway, we'll get into what we're talking about. That's, that's uh, taking time I don't need to be done. Today I want to consider a few of them that that uh, many professing, script, uh, professing Christians use, and even some uh, knowledgeable Bible scholars, you know, use some of these scriptures that uh, I think they take, and most of us think they take them out of context. Many times people will quote one or two verses that seems to substantiate their position. Some of the references are taken out of context, or the reading is incomplete. They either don't read enough before and enough after, or maybe both. 
and things are totally out of context. So we have to be careful anytime we see something that sounds like it's a contradiction. Uh, many times we need to look and see what the context is and see what the subject really is about. And here's one scripture that a lot of people will throw up and they'll just use a little bit of it. And it's in 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 25 and 27, but I'll read more. Whatsoever is sold in shambles, or meat market, the New, New King James will say probably meat market, and shambles, that eat, asking no questions for conscience sake. So, you know, don't ask if it's a, a T-bone or a pork chop, you know, just go ahead and buy it. And then verse 27, I'm skipping a verse. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and you be disposed to go, you know, for Christmas party or whatever, you know, whatever we go to, or maybe even family reunion, whatsoever is set before you, eat. No, asking no questions for conscience sake. Uh, some of you probably have had people to say certain things like that if they know anything at all about the Bible. They'll say, oh yeah, but what about this? Okay, the context has nothing to do, and I'll, I'll put this down in a little bit of an uh, outline form, point A, B, C, and all that. You know, if you want to take a couple of notes every once in a while. The context has nothing to do with clean and unclean meats, believe it or not but meats offered to idols. That's the subject matter talked about in this. Verse 19, or verse 28, I'll just go ahead and, and I've got some of it printed out on my uh, uh, paper here, but I'll go to uh, some of that. I should have already had there. You guys already had me, aren't you? Okay, in verse Chapter 10 and verse 19, let's just go to 28, I will read, but if any man, and okay, but if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for the conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Okay, point B, make if you want to put this in the context, if you want to take it out of context and, and use that as it's saying or what they're saying, basically you can eat just about anything you choose. You know, you can choose, you can eat cyanide, razor blades, skunks, ground glass, and even mushrooms. A lot of us here lately have had mushrooms, you know, like I mentioned a while ago, we've had a lot of uh, rain this month in August and a lot of overcast skies and I had several mushrooms in my front and backyard both we have trees and in uh, the shade and the moisture but some, as most of you know some mushrooms can be very deadly some of them can be moderately deadly you know you just almost die <laughs> wish you were dead but uh, some of them you know will actually kill you so if you use some of the reasoning as some people do, and, and I'm, I don't have that in my notes, but over in um, Genesis, you know, especially after Noah had come off of the, the flood, off, off of the ark and the flood, you know, and he's talking about, well, I've given you all these herbs and all those trees and all this stuff, you know, to be meat for you. And people, I've even had people say that, you know, well, you can eat anything. You know, God told uh, Noah after the flood that you could eat anything. Well, <laughs> 
maybe it didn't include mushrooms. Maybe they didn't have mushrooms back then, or maybe they didn't have cyanide. Uh, but anyway, I'm just being facetious. See, the true meaning is you don't have to ask if it was offered to idols. We don't have to, and that don't happen very much in our day and time, but back then it was pretty prominent. You don't have to ask if it was offered to idols. Idols are of no importance according to the Bible. D, however, if the host brought up the subject, it should be refused because of the conscience of the other person. It would make him feel that idols are okay. It would make us appear as hypocrites and going against our own religion if we eat that. The whole topic is whether to eat meats offered to idols, not clean and unclean meats. And we'll back up a little bit, and I kind of skip. Uh, go to 1 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to read a little bit just to give you a little bit of back, I mean, just a little bit of proof of what I was saying. Verse 18 through 33. Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar? What say I then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered unto sacrifice to idols into anything? So it's really not anything. The meat itself doesn't mean anything, just it itself. If you buy it at the meat market, or, or if you eat it on somebody's plate, and it's clean food, clean food uh, you know, if you don't know that it's offered to idols, it really doesn't mean anything to you, or shouldn't. Verse 20, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of the devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things are, do not edify. And, and uh, we can make a sermon just out of those two verses there, but I'm not going to. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. And, of course, that, and King James says wealth, but it should be somebody else's well-being. You know, we're concerned about their well-being, not their money. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eat, that's what I read a while ago, that eat, asking no questions for conscience sake. So if you don't know that uh, the T-bone or hamburger meat or whatever down at a warehouse or Reese's or whatever, uh, if you don't know that that was offered the sacrifice, you just go ahead and eat it. You don't know. I don't know it. Probably isn't in this day and age, but for the earth is the Lord's and fullness thereof. If any of them that believe bid you to a feast and you be disposed to go, whatsoever set before you, eat, asking no questions for conscience sake. Verse 28, but if any man, like I said, read this while ago, but if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice to idols, eat not for his sake as showed it you, and for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not lying, not mine, but the other, other. For why is my liberty judged for another man's conscience? For if I by the grace of, make sure I don't go too far. For if I by the grace of 
grace be partakers, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? You know, if I can, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor the Gentiles, nor the church of God. And of course, I, we don't get up and I don't get really in, indignant over people saying, oh, well, you've got pork on here, or you've got catfish or something. You know, we, we, try, we just try to be discreet. Most of us do. And, and, uh, but if they ask us, and you know, we come out plainly. Even as I please all men in all things, Paul speaking, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. So when, when we have... Uh, we go to someone's house and they have that. Hopefully, we, we tell them ahead of time, you know, if they don't know what we eat, uh, we will tell them a lot of time, well, I don't eat certain things, you know, but you can if you want to, or if you want me to, I'll bring something. But, you know, so a lot of times it's, uh, it's better if you suspect that they're good uh, uh, pork eaters or, or catfish, you know, uh, uh, they're fishermen, they like to, you know, some fishermen really like catfish. I never had a problem with it, <laughs> personally. That, that was one of the things I, uh, when I started attending church and found out about the dietary laws, I didn't have a problem with it, basically because I lived not far from the Cimarron River down Oilton, Oklahoma. And at that time, a lot of the oil wells, and, and that's really they called it Oilton because they had oil wells. I mean, it looked like trees, you know, the early pictures. And a lot of the runoff ran into the streams, down into the rivers, and and you get the catfish out of that river and black, dark stuff just lined part of them. It, it tastes like, smelt like gas, like oil. So when I found that out, I had no problem not eating catfish. But I have on occasion, since I've been in the church, didn't know it, you know, I was at, uh, at a, I don't remember now, a little banquet type thing, and, and they had catfish. I didn't know what it was. I thought, man, this is really good. You know, what is it, tilapia or <laughs> bass or something? And I found out later, you know, that it was um, catfish, and it was good. So I know that, you know, catfish can taste good. And I at least used to like shrimp. Uh, one time I think I ate crab legs or something. They were good. But, like I said, God didn't say that it didn't taste good. He just said it wasn't good for you. But anyway, uh, I've got another one I'm going into. And like I said, this particular scripture uh, is not talking about clean and unclean food. It's talking about food, which the context tells you is it's offered to idols. Here's another one that people like to use. And taken somewhat out of context, First Timothy four four. Wait until he gets there. Oh, he's got it on. Okay, First Timothy four four. For every creature of God is good. Hear that? Every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. So you know, if you're really thankful for the food. Hey, man, don't matter, no matter what God said a long time ago, uh, Paul's saying, hey, it's good. You know, every creature is good, and if it's received with thanksgiving, that's the main thing. You, if you're not thankful for it, it may not be good for you. But Anyway, point A. The subject is not clean and unclean meats, but believe it or not, vegetarianism. And you'll find out as I go, to eat or not to eat meat. Point B, some were teaching not to eat meat 
meats, which were doctrines of demons. We were, and we'll read that in a minute. Okay, we'll read First uh, Timothy four, verse one through five. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So far we're not doing anything yet. Verse 3, forbidding to marry, and we know places to do that, forbidding to marry, and condemn, or commanding to abstain from meats which God cre has created to be received with thanksgiving. Here we go to that thanksgiving again. With thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So say here again, uh, you know, if you know the truth, and thanksgiving, you know, must be all right. For every, for, for, for every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. Be all on the same page? For it is sanctified, you know, boy, it's, it's, just, it's just sanctified, by the word of God and prayer. So you just, you know, pray God's words over it and use Jesus' name in there and it must be good. Point C. Paul was pointing out that meat is good if it is received with thanksgiving. We've, we've exaggerated that, right? To those who know the truth. And what is truth? What is the truth? Anybody? Louder? What's the truth? Thy word is truth. We'll go to John 17, 17. Very short verse. And there's other places that mention that. But anyway, with thanksgiving to those who know the truth. Sanctify, here's Jesus talking. Sanctify them through your truth. Thy word is truth. Point D, God's word in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14 are the main places you'll find this, shows plainly which meats God intended to be eaten with thanksgiving. Point E, verse 4 says, All meat is good if we know the truth about Leviticus 11 and, and Deuteronomy 14, which meats God sanctified, which set apart, which is fit to eat. God tells us exactly what it is. And we'll run over there for a little bit and read. read the, we'll go to, uh, I think I'll just go to Leviticus 11. Leviticus 11. I'll, I'll just go ahead and read uh, 1 through 23. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which you shall eat among all beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever parts the hoof, and is cloven-footed, and chews the cud, so we've got three characteristics here, parts the hoof, cloven-footed, and chews the cud, among the beasts you shall eat. Nevertheless, these shall you not eat, of them that chew the cud, or them that divide the hoof, as the camel, because he chews the cud, you know, very, very specifically, uh, chews the cud, but divides not the hoof. He is unclean to you. 
If we don't get technical, if it's a female, it's a she. You can't eat her either, being facetious. And the coney, because he chews the cud, but divides not the hoof. He is unclean to you. Verse 6, and the hare, because he chews the cud, but divides not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the swine, or the pig, the hog, the boar, whatever, and the swine, though he divide the hoof, and you sometimes, you, if you're out deer hunting, you'll see a track, you know, sometimes you can mistake, if you're not too sharp, you can mistake a, a wild boar or a pig's track with a deer. So you have to be careful that when they blindside you. But anyway, the swine, though he divides the hoof and, and be cloven-footed, Yet he choose not to, or, or yet he is not, no, he choose not to cut. He is unclean unto you. So the pig back then was unclean. Of their flesh shall you not eat, and their carcass shall you not touch. They are unclean unto you. These shall you eat of all that are in the waters, whatsoever has fins and scales, in the waters, in the seas, and in the rivers, them you shall eat. And I'm, I'm sure cattle ponds and all that too would be the same thing, which has nothing to do with it. But when I uh, moved away from Welton, when I was going into junior high, and moved down to southern Oklahoma, uh, they call a cattle pond a tank. They said, hey, let's, you're not too far from the cotton's tank out here. Let's, let's go swimming. I could feature this big old oil drum, you know, big huge drum. And I got out there and I was so disappointed. It was just, you know, a pond out here that, you know, and we went fishing in. But anyway, but I'm, I'm sure the catfish and that and some of the other fishes, or fishes, <laughs> fishies, fish, uh, were, were not clean either. And all that have fins and scales in the sea and in the rivers of all that move in the waters and of a living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination to you. They shall even they shall be even abominable unto you. You shall not eat of their flesh, but you shall have their carcasses in an abomination. So these old stinky, nasty fish uh, are an abomination to you. Verse 12. Whatsoever has no fins nor scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination to you. And these are they which you shall have an abomination among the fowls, you know, even the birds and things. Fowls, they shall be, they shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, and they're a beautiful bird, but we don't eat them. It's against the law. No way. And the osprey, and the offspring, and the vulture, boy, who want you good old steak, good, you know, good drumstick off of a vulture. Hmm. My wife made some pinto beans here last week, and, and uh, she didn't put a vulture in it, but she did put a big old smoked turkey leg in it. Boy, was that ever good. It's almost as good as when I was, uh, before I become converted and put a ham hock in. Y'all ever, Okies ever put ham hock in your pinto beans? You know, we had to substitute, now we use smoked, smoked turkey legs. Every raven after his kind, and every fowl, owl, and the night hawk, and the cock, cock, and the hawk after his kind, and the little owl, and the 
cormorant and the great owl and the swan and the pelican and the geiger eagle and the stork the her the heron and the kind or after her kind and the lapwing and the bat just think you can't eat those poor little bats aren't they cute no they're not very cute but anyway uh, all fowls that creep going upon all fours shall be an abomination to you these may you eat of every flying creeping thing that goes upon all four which have legs above their feet to leap with on the earth even these of them you shall eat so there's certain characteristics that you can eat even I put on these other glasses I'm not used to them so if I've done a little something up here even these of them that you may eat the locusts after his kind and remember John the Baptist eat locust and wild honey and the ball locust and his kind and the beetle after his kind and the grasshopper after his kind and uh, I remember when I was I don't know I was a young boy probably six seven eight years old I don't remember now my grandpa Hope had a farm and not too far from us and and he was telling me that John the Baptist ate grasshoppers and uh, he said yeah they're good deeds he said John the Baptist in the Bible and I knew who John the Baptist was because I went to Sunday school with Miss Giddens that lived down the road and she'd come pick my brother and I up when we were about four five six years old and walk up to the church of God and so I knew that the word John the Baptist, I didn't know him very well, but I, uh, I knew John the Baptist, and he said he ate grasshoppers. Well, there was a key. If you want to eat grasshoppers, best thing to do is, first of all, you pull off those big legs, you know, the big hind legs that, have, that they described here. The next one might be a little bit grizzly, but you grab them by the head and the body, you know, one hand on the head and one hand on the body. And you just pull, and you know everything comes out of them. You know, just like when you gut a cow or something. You know, you cut them down the middle, and all the innards come out. Well, this is, you don't even have to do that. You just grab them by the head, and it pulls everything out. And all you have left is 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 the grasshopper. And they are really are they good? <laughs> At that time, I thought it was good because John the Baptist ate them. Ah. Uh, <laughs> But it, it tasted, you know, everybody says, well, it tastes like chicken. Well, it, it tasted like a, 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 an embryo of a chicken. It tasted like an egg yolk to me, you know, a runny egg yolk, you know, put a little salt and pepper on it. it uh, I didn't have any salt and pepper because we were out there in the field, you know, trying to get them off of the stinging nettles and all that. But, uh, but, but it did, to me at the time, tasted good. And uh, then once, oh, when I was a teenager, I was living out in, in uh, Four Corners area in New Mexico, and, and about eight or nine of us boys, would, you know, three families of us had several boys, and we would go camping out, at, out in the country out there, and we had some what we call city boys that came out and camped with us, and preps, you know, they, they, they were rich boys, they, they had all this luxury stuff, and one of them had uh, a can of chocolate ants, and I didn't eat any of those, but another one had a, a, a can of fried grasshoppers, and nobody else but these two boys would eat it except for me. And, you know, Monzo, you know, kind of like a boy, a, you know, man eating the worm out of a bottle of tequila, you know, well, you know, you've got to be Monzo and do this. So I ate, ate the grasshoppers, and until and one of them tasted, I don't know what happened to it, but one of them tasted like 
manure, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, but that's the last time I've ever tried eating a grasshopper. Uh, but, but I know they were good. If, I will qualify this, if sometime in the future things really, really get severely bad, I'm not saying that I won't eat a pig. You know, I, I hope I don't go that far, but I know when I've seen stories about people, I will, you know, I'm, I might very well eat it. I don't know. I hope not. But, you know, as long as I don't have to, God be my guide that I won't have to do that. Uh, let me... I'm finished on verse 23, and I'll just go ahead and go on. But all other flying, creeping things which have four feet shall be, among, shall be abomination to you, and for these you shall be unclean. And for these you shall be unclean. Whosoever touches the carcass of them shall be unclean until the even. And whosoever bears aught of the carcasses of them shall wash their clothes and be unclean until the evening. So there's a little bit more than just eating it itself. You know, you really want to stay away from these abominable things. Uh, verse 26, And the carcass of every beast which divides the hoof and is not cloven-footed, nor chews the cud, are unclean unto you. Every one that touches them shall be unclean. And whatsoever goes upon his paws among all manner of beasts, you know, kind of like a paw, a dog, a cat, things of this nature, uh, goes upon his paws among all manner of beasts that go on all fours. Those are unclean unto you. Whosoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the even. I think I'm just going to go ahead and quit on this. Uh, well, could, I could be going quite a bit, but you're getting a general idea, and, and the point is to not necessarily memorize every one of these little animals and creepy things and all that, but the point I want to get across is everything that crawls isn't edible. Everything that lives is not edible according to God. Uh, God does give the example throughout the Old Testament many, many places, and I used to say uh, people would ask, uh, about the uh, clean and unclean meats of the Old Testament. I don't say the Old Testament anymore because it's the New Testament too. It was a, it was a clean and unclean dietary laws of the whole Bible because it's never been changed. You can't show anywhere where these things have been changed. And just like you can't find anywhere in the Bible where the Sabbath has been changed to another day. The Sabbath is still as holy as it was 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago. But anyway, but my point is, uh, when, when you read something or somebody quotes something to you, if you have time, hopefully, you'll have time to uh, take your time and, and say, okay, show me, show me the scripture you're talking about. You know, most people will have their, their cell phones. Uh, mine's not even turned on. I hardly ever turn mine on. But anyway, uh, a lot of people have the Bible programs on their Bibles, and, and that's really nice, and it's really nice if they have the... Uh, concordances in there and the dictionaries and a lot of the other stuff too. But anyway, uh, sit down and, and be able to explain what they're talking about. Uh, read things in its total context. And there are a lot of other scriptures in there too. And there, there's one, if I had time, which I don't. Uh, um, 
and this is real popular with most of you. Most of you will know which one it is. When, when in uh, Acts 10, when uh, Peter was hungry and he was in a trance, up on top of the building, and and the sheet came down with all the four-footed beasts and all that. That's a good. That's a long story there itself, and and you could tell even Paul even explained. I'll just paraphrase the end of it. Paul was even telling the congregation at uh, Jerusalem, you know, after the fact because they were accusing him of eating with uh, un unclean people, you know, the Gentiles. It was, Ill, it was not responsible for them to do that. They, and he said, God has shown me, and he paraphrased and told everything about Cornelius. And that's a wonderful story, too, about Cornelius and, and the Holy Spirit and the dream that they had. And, uh, you know, sometimes if somebody else don't do it, I've given a message here several years ago on that, and I think even a Bible study down at Ozark, on it, but uh, if you have a problem with that and you don't quite understand it, and you think, "Well, boy, I got to kill and eat this food," you know that Peter was talking about. Uh, a little bit of study, and you'll you'll find out that it's not true. That's not what it was, and and I don't have time right now to go into that.